Where is she? Mellow out, man. We can't talk business with you waving guns in people's faces. Your daughter's safe, Colonel. Whether she stays that way is up to you. My people got some business with you. And if you want your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 49. My name is Larry, and is with me, as always, my co-host, Jessalyn. Hello. And if you haven't listened to this show before, uh, Jessalyn and I just like to talk about things that we've seen lately in, in TV and in movies, mm-hmm. and also movies that we've seen like in the theater, too, which we didn't this week, but next week we will have some movies for you. We will. And also, uh, just talk about just whatever, you know? Uh, like, uh, we'll do our movie of the week. Is Usually it's a movie that I've seen lately, or a long time ago, or that has made somewhat of an impression to me. Mm-hmm. And also, we like to watch movies that we haven't seen yet and, and do a little podcast about it, too, because why not? I mean, I, I like to mix things up, you know? And I don't want to follow just one straight formula, mm-hmm. like I've said before on the show. Yeah. I just don't want to do horror movies, I just don't want to do action movies, I want to do all kinds of films. So on this podcast, you will definitely hear all different kinds of of movies that we talk about. Now, a lot of them will be horror movies. True. (laughs) Or action movies. Or action, and there will be a lot of foreign movies also. I think there will be a foreign movie for episode number 51, but we'll see. You've got a poll going on Facebook right now. I do have one. And uh, next week's will also be a foreign film, which I will not say what it is because it is your pick. It's my pick. Every 10 episodes, Jessalyn gets to pick the movie of the week. Mm -hmm. So let's get started. How about... Let's Uh, do it. Well, we'll start off with uh, your little corner here. Yeah. uh, I like to call it Jessalyn's Corner. Impromptu Jessalyn's Corner. Right. It's, uh, It's... Jessalyn watches these movies without me, either because I don't want to watch them, or she watches them when she's on break from work, or, or whatever. I was sick, to you were be in, fair. But yes, you were sick this yeah. time, so... Yeah, tell me a little bit about Atomic Blonde. So I watched Atomic Blonde. It's available on HBO, so while I was lying in bed and moaning about being sick. Um, an undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents, or all the agents, actually. I don't think this is right. It's all the agents. So it's like a Mission Impossible episode. Kind of. So it's directed by David Leach, who directed Deadpool, and he's a stunt Deadpool coordinator. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2, excuse me. Yeah. And he is the stunt coordinator for all the things. Tons he, of stuff. He stunt coordinated all the things. He was an actor also. He directs, he produces, yeah. he does all sorts of things. Uh, you probably see him in a few movies too. Yeah, you can absolutely tell that he is a stunt coordinator in this movie because this movie's heavy on the action. Um, directed by, or I'm sorry, written by Kurt Konstad. He wrote the screenplay. He did the, he wrote the 300. Uh, and it's based on a graphic novel, The Coldest City by Anthony Johnson and Sam Hart. 
Uh, stars Charlize Theron, James McAvoy, John Goodman, a few other folks in there. Sophia Batella, Bill Skarsgård. Um, John Goodman's in this? John Goodman is in this movie, and he looks great. <laughs> okay. Cool. As a joke, I wrote, uh, his only credit I gave him was Death Sentence, because I thought you would like that. Yeah, because yeah, you thought he was really sickly in that movie. He really does not look walk. good. Yeah. That was, that was the, the biggest thing you could have come out from that movie was that. It was... Not for the ridiculous action and the, yeah. the shitty haircut Kevin Ga- Bacon gives himself, but M- that John Goodman look yeah. like shit. No, I think I also said it's not good. Oh, but. yeah. <laughs> that too, along with the John yeah. Goodman thing. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> this movie, it's not my usual Jessalyn's Corner. Usually I watch Thinkers because you don't really care about Thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not a thing. I mean, I guess it's more of a thinker than I thought it was going to be, but... Right. It is an action movie. It's very heavy on the action, and it's great. I really liked it. Um, if you like a fun action movie set in the '80s with an excellent soundtrack, then you're gonna love this movie. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Charlize Theron, Theron looks like she she uh, carries a lot of the weight here in this film. She does. A lot she of does. Action and stuff. She was a producer on this film, so okay. it must have been pretty important for her to get this film made too. James McAvoy is great as he always is. Um, I'll just spoil it on my blog. I don't want to spoil anything because this movie's all about the twists. Right. Um, it's about secret agents, so of course it is. Is there like a lot of jargon about spying and stuff, espionage that people won't understand? No. No, it's no. really I mean, it, yeah, it's dumbed down a bit more, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, even if you don't know anything about the Cold War, you and you know enough about the Cold War and East Berlin, or excuse me, East Germany and West Germany in the eighties to know what's going on. It's set. In, uh, like, 19... I don't even know the exact year that it's set in. When the wall comes crumbling down, essentially. It was, like, 88, That's when this movie is set. 88, yeah, right. I think. Well, um, there's some uh, big names in here also, like Sophia Batella, who played the mummy in that mummy movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and Jayla from Star Trek Beyond. That's my right. favorite thing that she's done so far. Toby Jones... From Captain America and the Hunger Games, that weird-looking British guy. Yeah, he's uh, and he played... Uh, Truman Capote. Oh, Truman Capote, he yeah. Plays, yeah, he plays mm-hmm. uh, Truman Capote in a movie. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård. Infamous, I think is, is what it's called. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Bill Skarsgård, yeah, which explains why Bill Skarsgård is in Deadpool 2. For like a few minutes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's good. I definitely, I gave this movie an A. I definitely recommend it if you're looking for a fun action movie that has more of a plot than you'd think. Hmm. It oh, was yeah. good, yeah. Oh, good. And it's nice to see that graphic novels are being made like this also. It's not like a big, yes. big, huge movie, Marvel movie. It's good to see little movies. Like Road to Perdition was one of them, too. Right. It's cool to see these little action-packed graphic novels. It's beautifully shot, and it's shot like a graphic novel with those... Dark blues and reds, mm-hmm. um, the action, the soundtrack is a character in the movie. It's cool. really good, but not distracting like some soundtracks can be. Uh-huh. Um, Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely recommend this movie, and please read my blog on Jessalyn Spoils It All. And she'll spoil it all for you. I do. Okay. Our next film that we saw a few days ago was the Spielberg film, a documentary that was on HBO, mm-hmm. where it goes through all, well, pretty much all his movies. They, they skipped over Hook, if you would believe that they one. Did. They skipped over <laughs> a few of them. So at first, I complained when we started it, because I was like, ugh, it's two and a half hours long. And by the end, they really crammed as much as they could yeah, into two did. and a half hours. 
His body of work is enormous. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's that Jaws documentary that's like two hours long. Right. Which they only got <clears throat> like a small portion they put in this film. Right. Which, I mean, they have to go through all of them, so they can't yeah. have the whole thing in there. But, but yeah. They that, were heavy on Jaws because that's what really made him famous. Well, that's yeah. what made movies as they are today. The right. The big, huge summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. And everyone followed suit after that, after the Jaws came out in 76. And yeah. Had all these other huge movies follow. So, yeah, he's right. definitely a trailblazer in film. Absolutely. And what were your thoughts? And my thoughts about it were that as I'm watching through the beginning of this film, for like the first hour, it's, pr- it's pretty cool to see that Spielberg and I have a lot in common in a way to where... We, uh, you know, didn't have too many friends growing up, and we like to do things our way, and if we have an idea, we like to see it go through to the fullest, uh, but have it done our way. Yeah. And we have a vision, which is really cool, to kind of connect with someone who's like you, but... Steven Spielberg has way more drive than I've ever had in my life. So Yeah, there are yeah. people interviewing just saying, where did he find the time to do all of this? Right. Yeah. It's kind of cool to, to see that he broke into the Universal lot and set yeah. up his own office in there <laughs> right. and, and took meetings and things. It's pretty cool. Well, he that's just, the legend. The Nobody legend said that was that. true, yeah. But yeah, and he really didn't comment on it either. He so didn't. Uh, yeah, it may or may not be true, but that's still pretty cool that he had the balls to go and do that. And yeah. He really had the fortitude to to go through with what he wanted to do in life, which he was sure he wanted to do in life. Mm -hmm. And just his whole process of doing things makes me feel the same way. You know, you you have an idea for something and you have to kind of get it out before you start second guessing yourself. And you go to sleep at night and you're thinking, ah, I could have done this different, ah, crap. He's got to kind of keep your mind busy doing the way he does things. Yeah, and his style and vision is such that he tells the actors exactly what he wants him to do. In fact, Liam Neeson in Schindler's List at first said he didn't really like that. He wasn't a right. puppet. He wasn't going to do this. And Ben Kingsley kind of said, you know, this is Spielberg's artwork. Just right, yeah. let him explore his vision. And uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of Schindler's List. Yeah. It was mildly <laughs> successful. Yeah, it did all right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I gotta, I gotta love Spielberg. Not all of his movies are the greatest, but right. hey, I gotta give lots of respect to him. Especially, well, that's, yeah, it's a pretty cool part with Liam Neeson. Ben Kingsley's pretty much just saying, you're the paintbrush, and he's a painter. Yeah. Let him do his work. Just let him and do then, it. Yeah, there's different directors, and I know Liam Neeson wants to act, and he wants mm-hmm. to, to contribute, and, but yeah, some directors have a big vision, and yeah, that's just how he, yeah. how he gets it done. Other directors are different. They right. like a, more of a collaboration. And I, I've started to feel like a dick that I... You know, lately I've been kind of making fun of Spielberg because his movies are so, like, touchy-feely. But you know what? He's brilliant. Who the the hell am I? Exactly. Same (laughs) here. I tell myself to shut up. Yeah. So, yeah. Our next uh, series that we watched, it's been a while. This has been out for a few years now, and I finally got a chance to check it out, which is the first season of Channel Zero. Yes. And you want to tell them what Channel Zero, this uh, series, is about? Yes, an anthology series based on a popular internet... Oh, creepypastas, including Candle Cove, uh, No End House. These are the different seasons. It's an anthology, like I said. Butcher's Block and Hidden Door. Season one is uh, Candle Cove, and that's the one we watched. The return of a kid's TV show from the 1980s coincides with the disappearance of a a young child. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, this was recommended to me, so I definitely you know, I had to check it out. Who and, recommended this um, to you? My friend at work, David, told oh, me about okay. it. I was like, oh, okay, let me go check it out. And then I saw like the cover, and it's this dude filled with teeth. You know, he's just yeah, he's like, Ugh, you know. And, <laughs> and as I'm watching the series, this this character pops up from now and again. And all I can think about is just like, how does he, you know, how do you floss? Does he floss all of his teeth? <laughs> he's, he's made of teeth. He's made of teeth. <laughs> what would happen if I like took a bat to this guy? Would teeth go flying you everywhere? Just shatter. I just want to destroy this guy in some way. You know, it's, <laughs> like, it's too perfect, and all the teeth are white. It's, come on. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was a creepy pasta, and what creepy pastas are, are were stories either or were made up by people on the internet, and other people would kind of. Maybe think they're real. Maybe some of them were, or who knows? They're just like little haunted stories. Yeah, like uh, like scary stories to tell in the dark, but for adults. Or yeah, possibly some be true. Who urban knows? legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah make their way into right. creepy pastas. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this one, uh, I was I wasn't too thrilled by it. I I thought it was pretty good and had me on the edge of my seat, wanting to find out more and more about it. But it kind of fell flat to me. Like I said before, with the guy with the teeth, you, you find out who that person is, but then I also read that that character was put into this series because they wanted that person to be the mascot. And so they wouldn't wow. also have to pay whomever came up with that character so that they would have to pay him on subsequent seasons. Oh. Like, yeah, so uh, Max Landis, who uh, was John Landis' son, who's done film himself, is a producer, and uh, I think he created this or, or something like that. He, so, I think he wrote some of the first it. season, yeah. So, yeah, so every time, if, if that was John uh, Max Landis' character, he would get paid every time they showed like, you know, the, the promo for it. So... That's why they, they integrated this character, which really had no reason to be in the series at all. Um, the story's about these twin brothers who uh, who watch this show on, on TV, which seems to be kind of um, like a, a, what do you call it, when they... they it's they some weird puppet in, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah well... Well, th- actually, you know, I'll take this back a minute. Yeah. There was a, a time in the 80s, I remember I was watching TV in my mother's bedroom, and I was watching this movie, Bosom Buddies, and all of a sudden, mid-80s, and this is happening, uh, someone got into the frequency of the channel and started doing voiceovers for the characters. Oh, and that okay. also happened with uh, the Max Headroom kind of uh, the guy who dressed up like Max Headroom and hacked the TVs. I remember that, yeah. So this is uh, in this... In the, the first season of Channel Zero, it's about uh, Camel Cove. And it's uh, this puppet TV show appears on these TVs of all these kids, and but no one else can really see it. And it would only come on, it would come on infrequently. Mm-hmm. And supposedly what this TV show did was, uh, had, was to be able to control ch- children hypnotize them into and hit, killing into people. killing yeah. people or into falling but we find out later on that's not what it's about at all right uh there's a lot of different twists in here and yeah, i guess they really don't all make sense in a way well, i uh but yeah go for it well the and the weird thing about the show is you find out later that there's no evidence that this show ever existed right Anywhere, yeah. Other than people saying that they've people seen talking the about kids, it, yeah, uh, or grown up kids who said mm-hmm. they saw this show. It's only six episodes long. I like nice short series like that. Yeah. 
But, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed in it. Um, I guess I, I really didn't like the ending all that much, either. It closes out pretty nicely. I, I need to see some of the other seasons. They're all different stories. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is it, this six episodes done, over, no sequels. It's, yeah, it's available. The first season's available on Shudder. That's how we watched it. Right, right. Um, hmm, okay. I guess I thought you... We didn't talk about it at all, no, but I guess didn't. I thought you liked it a little more no, than I, you I, did. I, I guess I was expecting a little more out of it. Okay. Uh, everything is out of is shot out of sequence. There's... They'll show one scene in the present, then show in the past. Kind that of was thing. confusing at first. At yeah. first, yeah. But mm-hmm. they, you, you catch up pretty quickly on that. I guess if you're going to do it that much in a show, like, I can see, like, a show like Orange is the New Black where you you have a character and you keep going back to see what their life was before they went to jail. But this whole show is just that. It's, It's... Cutting in and out of the past and the and the present. Yeah, and there's a there's an effective way to do that, and I don't. I guess I thought maybe I wasn't paying attention well enough, but I think you're right. I think at the beginning it was confusing about was. what was the past and what was the present. Right. Yeah. You barely know these characters at exactly. first. Yeah. I you know I walked in with zero expectations. Nah. <laughs> so I liked it, and okay. Paul Schneider, who is Mark from the first couple of seasons right. of Parks and Rec. It, he's like the face of the first season, so right. I immediately rolled my eyes. But you know what? <laughs> I like Paul Schneider. It's Mark from Parks and Rec yeah, that I don't, don't like. Him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy's fine in movies. He's good. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, he looks like an everyday man kind of. He does. Kinda, so yeah, he fit in well with this this project. Yeah. But yeah, I don't recommend it at all. Um, maybe some of the other seasons I, I would check out. I mean, if you like Black Mirror and you're all out of Black Mirror, maybe check this out. But it's not. I wouldn't call it the same caliber as Black Mirror. No, not at all. Yeah. And it premiered on Sci-Fi Channel. I don't mm-hmm. know if that means anything anymore, because, like, what they show now on TV would be, you know, censored in movies from the 1980s. So right. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that's about it for Sweet. So yeah, I don't know. I disagree. Check it out. It's not the best thing I've ever seen. And it's not this on par with Black Mirror. No, but no, it isn't. I was entertained. But I'm interested about the other seasons. Yeah. So we'll check those out. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, cool. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1989 film... Death Spa. Death Spa. <laughs> I miss you. I, I don't know. I miss the excitement of our movie of the week. Where I go. We started shouting it. Our movie of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I'll, I'll flip that in every once in yeah. a while. I'm not going to do it every one. Because then people are just going to go right past that part <laughs> of the, the podcast. And like some jackass is going to yell in the microphone. <laughs> so yeah, Death Spa. Death Spa. It's available on Amazon Prime if you're if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. It is directed by uh, Michael Fish, Fishka. 
Uh-huh. He's an Austrian dude. Really hasn't done all that much other than like a movie called uh, My Mom's a Werewolf. I wrote that down because <laughs> I remember seeing the box art in video stores, but I don't uh, think I've ever seen it. But the box art is like a hairy woman's leg, and <laughs> she's shaving the hair, and there's a family in the background like, ah! Yeah, European you movie. Is no. it, yeah, is that um, familiar at all no, to you? No, no, not at all. I remember the box art. Do y'all remember that box art? I do. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did some other movies. Uh, he, he did this other one I want to see. It looks ridiculous. It's called Delta Heat. Yeah, what is that? It's a movie that uh, with Anthony Edwards and Lance Henriksen. Anthony Edwards plays, like, a detective looking for, like, a killer or something. And then he hires Lance Henriksen, who used to be... He was a retired cop who got his hand bitten off by an alligator. <laughs> this all takes place in, like, I don't know, probably Florida or Louisiana. The Delta part of right, the United States. where the alligators are. Exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It's like, hey, what, what two assholes could we mix into this movie? Hey, the guy from ER and the dude from Terminator. Perfect. <laughs> So, and the box art looks great, man. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, this is a movie about the uh, uh, spa in the 1980s, like a health club. And, of course, in the 1980s, the, the health clubs blew up, man. They were, yeah. they were, they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. As fast as they were they were opening up, they were shutting down, too. Because, you know, who needs that many places to do aerobics? Right, but aerobics were like a... Big oh, deal man. in the 80s, too. I'm sure leotards were flying off the shelves <laughs> around that time. Uh, so, yeah, we get to see a, a good a good 80s film. It, it says this movie came out in 89. I think it was probably filmed in, like, 86, 87. Oh, okay. It took a while to come out. It's what yeah, it looks that like. could be. Gruesome deaths begin to occur at a hip Los Angeles health club. Yeah. We, I, I want to add that the Los Angeles health club is controlled by a computer that controls the lights, the air conditioning, the machines. Everything. The sauna, yeah, it controls everything. Highly, like, uh, what do you call it, like a a futuristic spa health club. Right. That wouldn't even, like, make sense today. (laughs) No, it controls the, the, like, weight machines. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, that's very dangerous. I think that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, an accident happens in the beginning of this movie with an, uh, one of the, our actors, who is Brenda Backey, uh-huh. who you might remember from movies like Tales, uh, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. She was in uh, Hot Shots Part Deux. Uh-huh. And a uh, role I always remember her from was from Under Siege 2, which is... Oh, right. Her, <laughs> it's yes. her, it, that movie's so horrible, but I like it so much. Yeah. Her, I don't know why. I, I guess I just have some... Sh- you know you know how I first saw that movie? <laughs> was uh, back back when it, it was finally released to like video and stuff, and they used to have the pay-per-view channels. I, and every once in a while, those channels would come through. Like those scrambled uh-huh. pay-per-views. And every once in a while, of course, I get to see boobs. And, of course, they'd show movies, too. And one of those days, uh, the Under Siege 2 came on, so I taped it real quick off there. I had a tape already in my my combo of uh, VCR TV. And I got like, oh, my God, I got to watch this. This is going to be great. Steven Seagal movie. And, yeah, it was a horrible film, but I loved it. Does she show her boobs in that? No, she doesn't. Oh, wow. But she does show them in this movie, she like, sure right does. out of the gate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. She's also done tons of TV, and she's tons. still working. Yeah. yeah, it seems like she... I was a dancer, too, from what you can see in the film. Mm-hmm. She does a bit of dancing and aerobics and everything. And, uh, yeah, she did a lot of, like, um, like nudie films, like those uh, uh, 
teenage high school back to the beach kind of films. Ah, okay. Like hard bodies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. She did those kind of films. Uh, Sherry Shattuck. Yes. Um, she. Uh, we'll talk a, a, a little bit about her role in this film a little later. I remembered her from this movie called Arena. And I remember first renting this movie from Blockbuster in the early 90s, and it's a like a space boxing movie. <laughs> so it always kind of reminded me of like a space Mike Tyson's, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, in a way. Okay. It's where this guy, he's a human, and he fights all these different alien boxers. It's a weird, low-budget film. It's I might do it as a movie of the week in the future. <laughs> it's I mean, it's not the greatest film, but I remember her from that because she was really hot in that film. I was like, man, okay. where is she? And then I never saw her again until I saw Death Spot. I mean, and that's a story I've never heard before, I guess. So, yeah, boxing yeah. in space. Boxing in space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, we have Chelsea Field. You remember her from? Uh, she was Bruce Bruce Willis's wife in the Last Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. She played Tila in the in the Masters of the Universe movie. She did. In <laughs> <laughs> um, Commando, I don't remember Commando well enough. She was the uh, the stewardess. Oh, okay. She's like, "Excuse me, sir, you gotta take your seat." Oh, my friend, he's dead tired. Ah, yes. Okay. Uh, She was in Harley Davidson and the Marble Man. And she was in this movie called Snapdragon. And it was this, like, Pamela Anderson vehicle, which came out, I think, was like mid-90s, that film. And it was pretty much just, hey, you you can't, you didn't get to see the magazine with Pamela Anderson's breasts in it. Well, here's this movie. You can see her breasts in live (laughs) live action. So that's pretty much what that movie was. (laughs) That's another film I, I think my friend had the black box too, and he recorded that film. Ah, uh, yeah. All those straight to video softcore kind of action movies too. Which, I mean, man, there's so many different films you could see back then. <laughs> but of course, you can see all of them now. Right. All but of them are cool at your fingertips. Yeah. So, do you know who William Boo Miller, the lead? Right, yeah. I saw him. He did. A bunch of just small roles, it seems. Like. Lots of TV guest spots. Lots, Lots. of TV yeah, guest spots. Too. And then he's a bouncer in Species. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only movie that I recognize. Yeah, same yeah. here. I was like, yeah, it was a forgettable role. I don't mm-hmm. remember it. And I think it's probably the, the scene right after where uh, she pulls that one girl's spine out when she's uh, on the shitter. Yes, <laughs> that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got this. I'm going to fuck this name up, probably. Tane McClure? Yeah. Weird. Tane McClure. Oh, Tane McClure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, I uh, well she uh, she's in this movie. She does a couple like topless scenes, and I looked her up on IMDb, and she did a lot of softcore porn, and then she went and played Reese Reese Witherspoon's mother in Legally Blonde. Oh, okay. So, so I guess that's what happens when you do film for a long time. You I mean, be... that was the only credit that I recognized. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't really I know. Read any other credits down. <laughs> yeah, they're all softcore porn. <laughs> yeah, ones, of course not. <laughs> uh, we have. Vanessa Bell, and the, the only thing I recognized her from was Coming to America. She was the, um, Eddie Murphy's getting married, was supposed to get married to her in the beginning of the movie, and oh, he has to do all that shit. He makes like, her bark and, and hop, hop around. around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's her. Oh. Um, Karen Parsons, she's from, she was Hillary from The Fresh Prince. She's in this oh, movie. Oh yeah, very briefly. Very, yeah, she's in yeah. a couple scenes. And then we have Ken Forey. Mm-hmm. From Dawn of the Dead, he's not in the film very much. He should be though. He's one of like the um, one of the the uh, bodybuilder guys there. Yeah, he's, he works there, and I'm guess he like helps people lift weights and shit. He should be in it more, but he's in it a good amount. 
right, more yeah. than a lot of the other actresses. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Let's get into the meat of this film, right? <laughs> well, wait. Let's also mention Merritt Buttrick. Oh, Merritt Buttrick. I forgot yeah. all about him. Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, uh, William Shatner's son in Star Trek, right? Yeah, Star Trek 2 and 3. He's in Fright Night 2. Um, I think Square Pegs is what made him famous with Sarah mm-hmm. Jessica Parker. Right. I'm not terribly familiar with the show, or I'm not familiar with the show at all. Right. But that's kind of where he got his start. Mm-hmm. And I, he sort of became infamous in the in the you know LGBT community because he died of AIDS right after this movie. Right, yeah. And it was right at the peak of this AIDS scare. Right, yeah. So, yeah, this was his last movie. Right, yeah, so mm-hmm. I read that, too. Oh, that sucks. I yeah. remember seeing him in, in Friday Night 2. Yeah. And here, actually, when we watched that, that uh, You're So Cool, Brewster, the documentary on the making of Friday Night and Friday Night 2, they actually talk about talk him. Talk about him, yeah. So, yeah, that's where I first kind of learned about that. Mm-hmm. All right, so, we ready to get in the meat of this story? Let's do it. Okay, <laughs> Death Spa. <laughs> it's about a spa that kills people. Why? Because the ghost of the co-owner and a twin of a bro- the brother who owns the place haunts it because he's she's pissed off. Who knows why? <laughs> so she well, goes around killing a bunch of people, and the first person she tries to kill is her um, her ex or her <coughs> widow's new girlfriend, who I think she just works out at the the spa. And she no, I feel like she's practicing to teach a class later. She, that's why she's there. Uh, that's why she's dancing. I think so. Like that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then she takes all her clothes off and goes into the yes. sauna late at night, like you do. Yep. Uh, yep. And, why not? Um, 80s. The the sauna gets really really hot and it starts spraying like chlorine right. steam on her door locks and she can't can't get out and you're like oh no the ghost trapped her in there. Yep. And I think, wow, Brenda Backey wasn't in this movie for very long. No. <laughs> but I was wrong because that bitch wanted to live. And she did. She does. She, like, breaks through the glass of the sauna and hops through the window. And Yeah, well, well she doesn't hop through the window. She, like, passes out on the floor. But she breaks the window open to, like, let air in. See, the way it's shot, it looks like she breaks her, she shoves her yeah, hand she, through the window and then, like, pushes herself through yeah, the she window. She does that, that kung fu move, move, the golden palm to the window. Yeah. And then she kind of passes out on the floor. So she doesn't really get out. Oh, okay. That's that's not what I got from that scene. Well, Fine. maybe Let's you're not, not reading it right, about right? Death Spa. <laughs> <laughs> so the owner finds out he's like oh no she got hurt and then all of a sudden other people start getting hurt and we're made to believe that maybe this is the spa which is so technologically advanced is kind of sputtering out but then we find out that his wife is a real jerk and she won't let things go and starts hurting people in, in the death spa mm-hmm. and we, we find out pretty quickly how she dies right? right she sets herself on fire so she... She was pregnant, and how did she lose? She loses the baby from an injury, and I then she's in so. a wheelchair. Right, yeah. I guess she had complications during the pregnancy. Yeah. She was confined to a wheelchair. Maybe got so depressed, and she set herself on fire she, in yeah, a wheelchair. They keep flashing back to her in a field where she douses herself in gasoline and sets herself yeah. on fire. Yeah. And that's how we find out what happens with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of find out that she didn't want the baby either. And maybe kind of screwed up her life, and she went through a crisis and killed herself. Oh, her brother's okay. not too happy about it either, and kind of blames the her ex-husband about it. Right, and her brother yeah. is David, played by Merritt Buttrick, and he's right. the one who built the computer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so they're trying to find, you know, 
trying to find out what's going wrong, and yeah, it's a ghost doing all this stuff, but also there's the main guy's lawyer and his general manager, I believe, uh, are out to get him, and they actually are the ones who set up that the whole trap for his girlfriend, uh, Brenda Backey's character, getting locked in that that steam room and getting shot with chlorine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it wasn't the wife yet uh, uh, trying to kill her, but it was actually his partners and his lawyer trying to <laughs> try to yeah, <laughs> which I didn't like because. There, in a lot of horror movies, I always think, why did they kill all these tertiary characters before they went for the one they actually wanted? And in this movie, I thought, oh, she went for the one she really wanted to kill first. But no. Didn't get her. And yeah, no, that's not what happened at all. She wanted to fuck with her first because what happens later on is that they kill another patron of the, the health spa. And then they ditch her body in her locker, in the, the yeah. girlfriend's locker, <laughs> who's blind and who can't see <coughs> <clears throat> who can't see at the moment, so she opens up the locker and the dead body's in there and she never notices. <laughs> and then from there on, you know, they they keep the spa open a little longer because they have, like, a big party happening, mm-hmm. like a Halloween party. And when this this Halloween party is happening, I'm, I'm like, okay, this doesn't look like, an, like a Halloween party. This just looks like an 80s party someone threw in the 2008. Yeah, only the employees are dressed up. Now the people else, are just, yeah, yeah, they're just dressed like how you would dress in the 80s. Right. If you're hip and cool and at a spa. Right. Yeast infection <laughs> causing leotards and, Ugh. yeah. Um, well, the first, oh, I want to talk about the first death where I was like, wait a minute, that's a physical impossibility. And I know that I shouldn't complain about that in a movie called right. Death Spa. What's the first death? The 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 guy on the arm machine that's <laughs> controlled by a computer. All of a sudden, it, I mean, we're supposed to believe that there's a lot of pressure and he can't move the arm machine anymore. That's like an arm press. And then all of a sudden he starts bleeding out of his ad- abdomen and he's dead. And I'm like, wait. Well, I think because of the, the, the machine pulled his arms back so much, it cracked his ribs and, yeah, it just exploded. Cracked his ribs down by his belly button? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's just not... Maybe the effects just weren't up to par for you on that. They weren't. Now, the effects are gross. Don't yes, get me they wrong. Are. They're not the greatest, but they're gross yeah. and they're effective and they get the job done. They just don't... None of none of the deaths make... I called them all, how did that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> and again, physical impossibilities in a movie called Death Spa. I should probably just calm just chill them down. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I would love I to see your notes on this film. <laughs> I don't have many. The just mirror exploding one. scene was just really unbelievable. <laughs> how her left arm blew off. Yeah, just I didn't, so uh, I didn't believe it. There's one where something comes through a girl's face and like her face is made out of pudding and it splatters <laughs> everywhere. I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> Anyway. So this is this to me is a movie that would really, really benefit from being remade. If you're gonna remake any movie, I think this one would be great. Yeah, I'd watch a remake of this movie. Like don't remake Carrie, don't remake like John Carpenter movies and stuff. Stop remaking these yeah. these films. Remake these smaller, shittier ones and you can make them good and mm-hmm. make them better. Right here, Death Spa I'm calling it. Remake this movie. Hell, make it in the like uh in the eighties or nineties. Yeah. You don't have to make it today. Because the plot's actually a lot more complicated it is, than you think yeah. it's going to be. Let's keep going. Yeah, it's, not a, it's not a horrible <laughs> So then his wife ends up, you know, appearing at towards the end of the, the film. But uh, she's not necessarily a ghost. She takes the form of her twin brother. Yeah, she, like, possesses his body. Right, yeah. And he shaves his legs and puts on a dress. And... Yeah, I think this movie kind of stole... No, I mean, I think... 
Resident Evil Code Veronica stole this uh, ah, <laughs> stole yeah. this concept. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're if you know uh, Resident Evil at all, the, the video game, not the movie. All of it has a Fall of the House of Usher flavor to it, including yeah, yeah. Code Veronica. But yeah, yeah, you got a good mm-hmm. point there. Got a good point there. Edgar Allan Poe, FTW. I really, they really didn't take advantage of the gore too much in this movie. There's a few death scenes, mm-hmm. but it's they're spread out quite a bit. Uh, I would have liked to seen a few more situational death scenes with equipment, like barbells or something. I, I would agree. like to have seen that. There's a pretty funny scene that happens when a bunch of girls are showering and all the tiles fly off and start smashing them in the face. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have done more with that, uh, or like you could have had like. A treadmill goes super fast on a guy and his legs blow off or something. Yeah, you know, there something. was just that one arm machine. Yeah. Right, and that was it. And there could have been so much more. I'm wondering if a lot of stuff got cut out for the MPAA. Who Maybe. Knows? His legs get blown off. Yeah, that, that would happen in this movie on a treadmill yeah, somehow. Yeah, there's spikes <laughs> appear on him or something. Yeah. Let me, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to do Death Spa 2. Yeah. That's or you should movie. just reboot it. Yeah. I'm going to reboot the Death Spa series. It's a nice big movie. budget. Yeah, well, you could you could do an awesome death spa movie on a million dollars. You only need one setting, one location. True, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And these different gyms are closing down all the time. You can just just use that one that. and film there. Yeah, get some local actors. Man, you know, you know, fuck this. I'm not talking about it anymore. I'm doing this movie. <laughs> so anyway, we find out that David is possessed by his sister. He what? She ends up getting electrocuted. What does yeah, he do? Uh, I don't think he spills coffee on the console, but something electric, like he like sticks yeah. his sandal on some wire. Hey, oh, you know how he does it? He makes himself into like a, a human connection with electricity. Yeah, like to shut down the whole himself. the whole system. The lead we're talking yeah. about, Michael, mm-hmm. and then then his wife kind of like melts. Yeah, and then is shot in the head a couple times at the end just mm-hmm. to make sure she's dead. So she is like a puddle of goo by the yeah, end. Yeah, she, yeah, it does look gross. As is David, because they were the yeah. same person. Same person. Yeah. And Brenda Backey wins! Yeah, she, she lives! Lived. She did, yay! Mm-hmm. She lived in a movie, finally. Yeah. <laughs> she does, never lives in a movie. She does All those movies I mentioned, she didn't live in any of them. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, just lived. this one. And you got to see her boobs, too. Yeah, Speaking well, of I mean, boobs, that's not too uncommon for Brenda Backey, but yeah. Oh, she only showed one in Demon Knight. And, Fine. Well, then if you go back to her earlier film show, <laughs> Uh, there are 15 kills in this movie, mm-hmm. and 16 breasts. Yeah. 16. I thought it would be an odd number, but... It was, but we, we saw only one girl's breast, but then we only saw one breast from a different girl. So oh, okay, and that evened that, it out. That evened it out, so 16 <laughs> breasts. This has been a, a, a larger breast count as of late, because our last few movies haven't had too many breasts in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, no penises, but you do get to see Ken Forey's bulge a few times in the movie. You do, that's true. <laughs> We're no more leotards in this gym. <laughs> the dead will walk the earth. That's his line. Of I know. I get. I see what you did. Just making sure I got you. <laughs> uh, what grade do you give this movie? I give it a B minus. Wow, that's it higher has, than I thought. It has good gore effects, even though the deaths are ridiculous, uh-huh. and also it's eighty-seven minutes long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not even ninety minutes. So B minus. I give it a B. Um, my, some of my favorite parts are the, when the guys, well, the main guy hires a, like, a demonologist to go check out the spa, Mm -hmm. and he kind of, like, spends the night there, and then he sees his, uh, 
uh, the main character's ex-wife there. And he's going to shoot this apparition, but his hand blows up with the gun in yeah. it. And he's like, ah! that? You know, that guy must be a friend of Wes Craven's because he plays Sergeant Parker in Nightmare on Elm Street and Sheriff Burke in Scream. Huh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Uh, there's a barracuda attack in this movie. <laughs> or no, it's not a barracuda. It's an eel. Eel. Someone gets killed by a frozen eel. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's mirror explosion. There's the sauna stake through the face. There. Was it a stake? I, I don't know what it was. I, I think like the sauna started falling apart and different parts started like... I think the first one just went through this guy's face. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a hand blow off. And this guy's like a, a luger, it looks like. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, I it laughed a lot at the deaths. <laughs> yeah, because they, yeah, they were great, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I give it a B. Uh, any favorite part from you? I guess just that Brenda Backy lives. Yeah, I did not expect yeah. that. <laughs> and yeah, she's very beautiful. She is, yes. I gotta see some of these other movies she did, including Hard Bodies 2. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, what's your favorite part? The one scene where that that girl goes to to meet the main character, even though like it's a trap, like I guess the ghost wife created a trap oh, for the one. Oh yeah. Because there's a bunch of different girls that are like totally smitten by the, the owner. <laughs> right, they, Linda. Linda. <laughs> so she goes. She thinks she's going to meet him like in the basement of this this spa, and it's all shitty and smoky, and then. All of a sudden, like, she's like, oh, I don't think I should be here. But then she gets really stupid and falls and all this shit starts exploding around her. Then, like, the chemicals start leaking again from the, the faucets. Like, the, the um, like, what do they call those things? The fire spigots. Oh, yeah, the sprinklers. The sprinklers, yeah. yeah they, but they're shooting out acid on her. And she's like, mm-hmm. ah, she's not moving at all. Then all of a sudden she's just kind of like a big lump of goo and still alive. Yeah, still like, alive. Because at first I said, wow, Linda was really easy to kill. But then you see her later. Yeah, and she's, she's like, she wasn't kicking. easy to kill. See, <laughs> 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 so yeah, I like that part. There's there's a bunch of good redeeming parts in this film. So yeah. I, I would definitely check this film out. It's silly, gory fun. <laughs> well, thank you once again for joining us. We'll be back next week with Jessalyn's film. It'll be episode number 50, Half Century. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a good one. So definitely tune be. in next week, and we will see you later. All right. Thanks for listening.